If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the epistle to the Hebrews near the end of the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, which is a continuation of last week's sermon from the same chapter, verses 11 and 12. Uh, The introduction to these verses was the overarching theme, you know you're spiritually immature when... Today is a continuation in the same passage of more to understand as to knowing we are spiritually immature, that we could change it. Last time in verses 11 and 12, we saw two ways that a Christian can know that they're spiritually immature. Number one is when you're spiritually dull of hearing. We saw that in verse 11. Concerning him, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. A second way we learned from last week's passage that we can know that we are spiritually immature is when we are a funnel and not a fire hose. And we saw that in verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Those were the two ways we can know that we're spiritually immature that we saw last time. We also uh, described a funnel Christian, you may recall, as a Christian who receives less than 100% of God's truth, and any truth that the funnel Christian does receive is received and assimilated so slowly because of the diameter of the funnel, not getting it out of the basket of the funnel fast enough that the truth is wasted. It goes over the lip of the Christian who's a funnel. And it doesn't get to anybody else through the Christian who is a funnel. Last time we also looked at eight indications or indicators of a believer who is spiritually uh, growing and maturing. These indications and indicators should be true of us. Number one, that you are troubled about your own sin more than you're troubled about your society's sin. Not that you're not troubled about your society's sin, but you're more troubled about the darkness of your own heart and know that you're capable of doing any other sin that anybody else does but for the grace of God. Number two, you're hungry for the Bible. You study it. You live it. Your ears are open to it and not dull to it. Number three, you enjoy the fellowship of other believers. You look forward to gathering with others of like precious faith. Number four, you are concerned for lost persons' souls. You share your faith. Number five, you're serious about serving Jesus Christ with your spiritual gift. Number six, you are no miss about praying alone, having an appointment with God, you and God, and not missing that appointment and praying daily. Of course, we pray spontaneously, we pray without ceasing, but the growing, maturing Christian has a time when he or she sets apart as an appointment with God to pray, and that appointment is not missed. And when we can come back to prayer meetings, I'm not sure when that will be, the growing and spiritually maturing Christian is in that prayer meeting, if at all possible. Number seven, you are zealous for God's name and reputation. Number eight, you are quick to listen to the word and quick to talk about Christ. Connection, concerning him, we have much to say, and it's when we know the Bible, we know Jesus, and when we know Jesus, we have a lot to say about him, more than sports, more than cooking, more than hobbies, more than money, more than parenting, more than anything. We have most to say about Jesus. 
So these are some indications and indicators that should be true of us all as we are progressing, as we are spiritually maturing. And now we come, as mentioned in the introduction, introduction to verses 13 and 14, the last two verses of chapter 5. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. 14, but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. In these verses, we'll see one more way that we can know when we are spiritually immature. And just to be clear, this way in these two verses is to be added to the previous two ways in the previous two verses. And to recall again what we saw last week, you know you're spiritually immature when you're spiritually dull of hearing. That's verse 11. And you know you're spiritually immature when you are a funnel and not a fire hose. That's verse 12. Now, before we get on to the third point in the passage, the first point for today, I want to circle back just briefly to talk with you about um, point two, the point that you know you're spiritually immature when you are a funnel and not a fire hose. I want to present to you this morning three spiritual life failures, three spiritual life failures which contribute to a believer being a funnel Christian and not a fire hose. Three spiritual failures that we want to avoid or fix if we have them. The first failure is a failure to be a first-time learner. A failure to be a first-time learner. See verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... They had heard what they needed to hear, but they had failed to be first-time learners of that truth. It wasn't they hadn't heard. They had. But they failed to learn the first time. They'd already been taught the elementary principles and the oracles of God. Another way of saying that is the ABCs of the Old Testament law which were then and still are today foundational to the ABCs of the gospel. They had heard those ABCs, but they hadn't really learned them. Don't have that failure. Don't have a failure to be a first-time learner. The second failure they had was a failure to thrive. The second part of verse 12 you have need, again, for someone to teach you the elementary principles and oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. They had failed to thrive. When a baby uh, fails to thrive, that baby doesn't adequately gain weight for certain time markers that are typical, and or that baby misses key developmental markers like walking or talking or things like that. That's how a baby fails to thrive. When a baby Christian fails to thrive, then that too long a baby believer can only ingest spiritual milk and not spiritual meat. Don't be that kind of a Christian. Spiritual milk cannot sustain vigorous and healthy spiritual muscle development that a mature Christian shoots for and needs to achieve. Third failure, the failure to discern good from evil. And that's our passage before us this morning. A failure to discern good from evil. 
13. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice, because of practice, have their senses trained, trained to discern good and evil. A failure in a Christian's life to mature often is tied to this failure to discern good and evil. When a young Christian fails to spiritually thrive and that Christian remains a spiritual baby without spiritual teeth to chew on the spiritual biblical meat, and many Christians in that sad category are not going to properly discern good from evil, they have to advance to do that. They have to practice putting their senses into scriptural, biblical, righteous discernment of good and of evil. (laughs) I'm sure that you would take a double take if you walked into a courtroom and the bailiff announced, I'll rise, this court is in session, Judge Johnson presiding. And then the bailiff placed a little baby named Johnson strapped to a baby car seat into the judge's chair. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. Babies aren't courtroom judges. And baby Christians aren't judges of spiritual matters either. Baby Christians can't even biblically judge right from wrong. A steady Milk diet renders a baby Christian who is not growing incapable of sorting out good and evil. Isn't that what verses 13 and 14 are teaching, to read them again? For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Do you know what all this means? It means that it's simply impossible to overemphasize a growing Christian's love for the Bible and completely impossible to overemphasize the importance for a growing Christian to live it, to know it, so they can teach it. If you think of your favorite food, you should want and love the Bible more than your favorite food. That's a challenge for me and a challenge for you. I have a little video clip I want to show you.
我们家，我这个是我最需要的，这是我们最需要的。Whatever your favorite food is, you should want the Bible more, so you can eat of it and grow in the Lord. And so, to avoid these three failures, which contribute to any believer being more of a funnel than a fire hose, to avoid these things: number one, be a first-time learner of spiritual truth; number two, commit to spiritually thriving. And number three, determine to know the Bible well enough to judge between good and evil. Now we come to our third point in the passage, our first point, new point in this sermon, and it is this: you know that you're spiritually immature when your spiritual senses are unused and untrained. Verse fourteen. For solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Brothers and sisters in Christ, part of being saved and being regenerate and being made new in Christ and being converted and being a Jesus follower with everything wonderfully new, part of all of that is that you've been given spiritual senses with which you can discern good from evil. The Holy Spirit has come to live inside of you permanently, never to be evicted. And the Holy Spirit wrote the Scriptures, and He will minister to our understanding, so we can understand the Scriptures, interpret the Scriptures, apply the Scriptures, speak the Scriptures, live the Scriptures. The believer who is spiritually immature has these God-given senses at conversion unused. Untrained, because these senses are heightened, and there's more active moral consciences due to the Holy Spirit when we pay attention to the Word of God and its definition of good and evil. The problem, though, is if we don't regularly use the Holy Spirit granted spiritual senses and discernments, then. Those senses and discernments never get developed; they get stunted. And unused and untrained spiritual senses are not at all helpful in the crunch. When your boss calls you to do something unethical in your work, you need to know good from evil. You need to know the Bible. When a flirtatious seductress comes to you as a married man and tries to encourage infidelity and adultery, you need to know good from evil, as defined by the scriptures, not the society. You get the point. But you know what this this wonderful inspired scriptures, these this Bible. That can train us in our senses and have our senses put to good use. It's sort of like for some Christians, it's sort of like a fire evacuation plan. The last church I pastored, 
sat about 800 people. And so the deacons decided properly that we should have a fire evacuation plan. Who was going to go out what open exits? Who was going to bring the children in the nursery to a place identified outside on the on the septic mound of the church so we knew our kids were safe there? Who was going to close doors? Who was going to go through the smoke-filled halls to see if anybody were in those classrooms trapped by smoke or fire? It was a wonderful thing. But we never repeated it. We, we just assumed that once we said it to everybody, it was said. But new people came to the church, and other people did never, never really paid any attention during the explanation of it, because we'll never have a fire. Fire evacuation plans for churches and businesses often are useless if the people in those churches or businesses don't have them reviewed, demonstrated regularly. And so it is with God's word. It's an evacuation plan from hell. It's an evacuation plan from living for the world. It's an evacuation plan for not becoming immature Christians after many years. But do we review it? Do we submit to it? Do we believe we need it? I trust that we do. As a pastor, one of the things I do is to counsel people that require counsel and ask for counsel. Of course, I'm very grateful for the Arnett's and the Christian Counseling Center. And I do a lot of referring to people who need biblical counsel to their professional, uh, wonderful training. But sometimes I counsel people gladly, fine with that. But when I roll out of bed on a day I need to counsel someone who's hurting and I need to show them the principles of God's word, I better have my senses awakened. I better have my senses trained to handle this fire evacuation plan accurately. And what I could say about days I know I'm going to counsel someone, I can say about every day I roll out of bed as a Christian. I need to have my senses, have they've been regularly used and regularly trained, and I can discern good from evil for my own life and as a Christian leader for the lives I seek to influence for the glory of God. Sometimes believers come for biblical counsel, and frankly, I wonder why they do. Because it becomes apparent that when you start to listen to their problem and then think biblically with them about their problem and you share with them how they could change and repent and do things differently and have a better result, they either sometimes say, I'm not going to do that. Or they say they'll do that and then you meet with them the following week and they haven't done it. And you meet with them following week after following week after following week and they haven't done it. It's like a fire evacuation plan. It's not used. And that's how they get stuck in spiritual immaturity. But we can be sure that when we are spiritually mature, our senses are used and they are trained. Dr. J. Twight Pentecost, one of our professors at Dallas Seminary, an extended quote, while both the spiritual baby and the spiritual adult have the word, the baby is unable to use the word to determine right and wrong. To use the word to guide his decisions or to use the word as his standard of life. On the other hand, the spiritual adult is able to use the word to determine what is right and wrong 
while the baby has the word, he does not use the word. The adult, on the other hand, not only has the word of God, he uses the word of God. It is his continued use of the word that causes a believer to progress from infancy to maturity. I'll repeat. Dr. Pentecost said, it is his continued use of the word that causes a believer to progress from infancy to maturity. The quote goes on. The opposite is also true. If a believer has used the word in the past, but now no longer uses the word, he will move backwards spiritually from maturity to immaturity. End of quote. It's a serious warning. In the whole passage, the whole little passage of verses 11 to 14 are remarkably blunt and practical. They are telling us that we can know when we're spiritually immature. Three ways. We're dull of hearing, we're a funnel and not a fire hose, and our spiritual senses are unused and untrained. And so let's flip those three on their head. Let's set, us up, let's set ourselves up to be in a good place to grow spiritually and to mature spiritually. Let's be keen when we hear, hear the word of God, when it's preached to us, when we're on a podcast, listening to someone preach in our vehicle this week, when we um, take the Bible out with our families that still have our children at home. Whenever God's word is open, we open it with our wives. Whenever the, the word of God is open, we're keen. You could hear a pin drop in our hearts. We're keen of hearing. And let's be fire hose Christians that as we learn the truth of Scripture, as we understand the the uh, truth of Scripture, we don't think of putting it in some cistern, in some well that's only for us. But we learn the Scriptures, we live the Scriptures, so we can fire hose the Scriptures out to others. Someone said to me at the end of an interchange, peace. I said, yes, I know the Prince of Peace. And the fruit of his Holy Spirit includes peace. That's how you can be a fire hose. You can get it out. And third, let's be developing our spiritual senses. Let's be using them, praying, asking the Lord, is this right or is this wrong? Minister to my spirit by your Holy Spirit. What verses have I learned about this topic in my past study of the Bible? Is this good or evil? Let's have used and trained spiritual senses. Challenging, very challenging, needful, very needful. And the great thing is, no matter who you are as a Christian, no matter what age you are chronologically, no matter what age you are spiritually, I can make this guarantee to you that God wills for you to grow spiritually, that God wills for you to mature spiritually, every one of us. He wants us to thrive in the things of his word so that we'll thrive in our resemblance to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these clear teachings about what we don't want to see in our lives because it means we're spiritually immature. 
But thank you, Lord, that these negatives can also be taught as positives in what you want us to have in our lives so that we're growing. Lord, where we are growing, may our growth accelerate. And where our growth is uh, blocked, stuck, unblock us, Lord. Get us growing again. And Lord, for those listening and viewing from the live stream who don't have a, a new life in Christ yet, so they can't be spiritually maturing without Jesus as Savior, we pray that they would come to the end of themselves and the beginning of Jesus in faith, putting all their faith and trust upon him, what he's done on the cross for them, and become believers to start a wonderful adventure of growing and maturing in Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name, that he would be glorified. Amen.